Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome once again to the Behind the Steel Curtain family of podcasts. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. And it is time once again for Tales from 2 a.m. You know, I know it's 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, but in our hearts, it's 2 a.m. somewhere. And here's a guy who knows plenty about 2 a.m., it's my good friend, Big Bro Sco. I didn't have a brother growing up, so I've kind of leached onto the Schofields as brothers. <laughs> so, Rich, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm doing well, but I think you could have picked uh, you know, a couple better guys if you really wanted to leech on to have brothers. But, um, no, nah, I guess we're not too bad because Dave and I, we do, you know, we have our fun. Well, I've been um, to a ball game with you guys, and I love the I love the brotherly connection that you guys have, and it's something that I've never really had. Um I've always wanted to, uh, so that's when I was hoping then with brother-in-laws, that would be a cool thing, but I've never really gelled with any of my brother-in-laws. They're actually a lot older than I am, and it, we just never really hung out as much as far as uh, as being bonded like brothers. But you know, I still have respect for plenty of them, though, too. Um, but what I really wanted to talk about today is just hanging out and hanging out on a week that you don't have a Super Bowl. But it all leads to the Super Bowl. And with the Super Bowl coming up and the Pittsburgh Steelers not in it, a lot of us treat this so much different. And if you don't know what Tales from 2 a.m. is, it's really not about anything. A lot of people think the show is on at 2 a.m. It's not. So if I, I confuse anybody with the title, I do apologize. Jeff, one Jefferson Hartman helped me come up with this title because on a show with your brother, and Jeff, I made them speechless one night. You might have been watching that. I night. was watching that night. That and was hilarious. I really, I, I actually had 
one of them cr- laughing so hard they were crying was I was talking about 2 a.m. And that might be a little bit of an embellishment uh, saying, you know, it was just what could happen at 2 a.m. But now I've been stuck with the label as Mr. 2 a.m. as one of my many nicknames on this family of podcasts behind the still curtain.com. So I'm, I'm pretty fine with that as well. It, you could have a, you could have a worse nickname. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You definitely can. Um, I, I've been watching uh, Cobra Kai, and some of the nicknames on there are pretty bad. So I, I'll take Mr. 2 a.m. That's that's fine. And, you know, it's great because uh, we have people filling in on the live chat, and we've got great folks that are – it's 6 a.m. where they're at right now. And they're, yeah. they're, they're piling on, and that's what they do. Because if you are checking us out right now with a week before the Super Bowl, not much going on, no reason with because the Steelers aren't playing in it. That means you're a true Steeler fan, and it's just fun to watch. Um, so I I'm gonna bring this in because we're gonna talk about Super Bowls today. Yeah. Jr. or Junior Yazzie says, "Damn, just watched Super Bowl 30 on NFL Network. We should have won that Super Bowl. Two interceptions by Neil O'Donnell. We had a dominant defense back then. I was a sophomore in college. Go Steelers! And that's what this show is about. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, you've got plenty of Steelers Super Bowl memories." But first, I want to I want to talk to you about how you celebrate the Super Bowl, how you did as a kid, and how you do it now, big bro. Um, you know, as a kid, as I got older, and when I say older, I mean into the eight nine range, where at that point in time I was super into football and super into the Steelers, and 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 that my my dad started making a much bigger deal about the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, when I was three and four years old, um which actually, you know, which would have been the late 70s when the Steelers were winning a lot. We didn't we didn't do a whole lot. And at first I, I look back and I think, man, why don't we do so much? And I think, well, let's see. When I was four years old, my parents, well, when I was, uh, uh, let me get more specific. When I was four years old and 13 days, um, my parents at that point in time then had an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, a one a one and a half year old and Dave was just born. So, um, so I started to understand a little bit more as to why my parents didn't feel, and we didn't hype up the Super Bowl thing. Then they were just probably trying to keep their heads yeah. above water. Um, but as I got a little older, dad always turned it into a big thing. We got, yeah, we turned it into what a lot of people do now was a party, but it was just kind of in our house. You know, we, made some special food and we gathered around and we watched all, you know, the big thing, the commercials and the, you know, and the halftime show and who was singing the national anthem and all that kind of stuff. And it, that, that's when it really started to, you know, the whole game had this aura about it then as I was younger. So um, things are a lot different today for me. Uh, I was telling you before we came on the show, um, Oh my goodness, this would have been way back 2000 and probably four. Yep, I was um, at the, I was at that AFC Championship game. Yeah, well, that year in 2004, I happened to be working during the the, uh, the weekend of the Super Bowl, and on Sunday I'd put in a full day of work, and I was not feeling well. I had a headache, was running a, a small fever, and um, I really didn't feel like watching the Patriots, and I skipped the Super Bowl. And pretty much from then on, 
any Super Bowl that has had Tom Brady in it, I have not watched. Now, wait, let me ask you this. When you say 2004, was it actually 2004 or was it after the 2004 season? After the 2004 season, I built it. Was it? Okay. Yes. So it would have been the Steelers. Excuse me. It would have been the Patriots and the Eagles. Yes. That was so the one. You got, you got to see Janet Jackson the year before. Yes. Okay. That's why this is very important. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, you did not, unless you really wanted to see, because uh, the Steelers were supposed to be in that game, so that made it even worse. So I yeah. get it. And if, I mean, when the highlight oh. is Donovan McNabb throwing up in the uh, the huddle with five minutes left in the game and uh, and uh, just tanking in Jacksonville, I mean, I could understand why that would have been one that you'd want to miss. Well, and like I said, I just did not feel well. I got home. I think my wife may have actually even had the game on, but. Um, I don't even think I went in my room for some reason. I think I was in my daughter's room and just passed out. Wow. It was, so I didn't even see that. And then I've had this thing from then on. I've probably seen a couple of the Super Bowls that, that Brady has played in, but I have purposefully skipped some. Um, I did not watch the infamous comeback win against the Atlanta Falcons. Didn't see it. So um, cause I, at that point in time, I was so fed up with Tom Brady and the new England Patriots. I just was like, Nope, not watching. Cause they'll win. So really interesting. I mean, so no, the only difference that, that I will have in that is that, uh, I watch every single football, uh, excuse me. I watch every single Super Bowl, and it is a holiday for me. And it's been like that since I w- was a child in my first, the super first Super Bowl that I remember which would really be Super Bowl twelve would probably be the first one that I'm really cognizant of, and that was this that was the Broncos and the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So I, but I remember not paying much attention to it. The one the next year, thirteen, which we just did on the Steelers retro show, I remember sitting down watching that and paying attention. Um, and of course, the next year, Super Bowl fourteen, I really paid attention because my parents went to the game and I didn't want them to go, and but I got over it really quick. <laughs> I mean, I even uh, even talked about on the retro show for the AFC Championship game where at first I was hoping that the Steelers would lose that game because I was afraid that they would go away. That they would go to California on a plane. And I mean, gosh, I'm seven or eight years old and I'm afraid that something would happen <laughs> to them. I didn't want them going. Um, and I actually, and we talked about this and I'm, I don't want to go over it too much because you guys don't want repeats, but we told Terry Bradshaw that story that, I was mad that my dad and I told him that I was mad at my dad and still mad at my dad that he didn't take me. And he said, hell, son, I would have never taken you either. Exact words. And he said, just be glad you still have your dad. And one of the one of the, my favorite uh, ever interactions with uh, a sports celebrity was those words from Terry Bradshaw. But I just love the Super Bowl. But I could understand you don't want to watch Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. My only thing now. When it comes to the uh, the Patriots or Brady, I really don't have a problem with Brady. And I know the Buccaneers are in the game. I really don't have a problem either. At this point, I'm kind of to the point with Brady where I'm at, all right, you're on a different team. And this is a situation where your legacy is set. Whether you get three more yeah. or no more, you are, uh, you are there. And wow, gosh, my dad, who is never in the live chat here, Wow, we've there got a couple of Bill Davises, but th- this is my dad. I've <laughs> never seen him in the live chat, and I know my mom has started this. My mom has started um, 
watching us. And uh, they usually watch us on a replay. So mom, dad, love you. Good to see you. And uh, there he says, um, Rose Bowl streaker Steeler win. They actually had a, a streaker at that game. The halftime show was up with people. And then there was a naked guy at the game streaking through. Because I guess that was uh, this, the late 70s, early 80s. You had a lot of streaking. So um, they had a streaker at the Super Bowl, and I guess that's something that that they always will remember. So that that's that's really funny. But um, so I got to tell you, I will turn off. The only thing I will turn off is the celebration. When it gets down to zeros, I don't really want to see the Patriots celebrating when they're in it. So I don't watch them celebrate. If something happens, I'm going to go ahead and. Uh, if something happens that uh, the Patriots win, I'm going to turn it off. I won't watch them. If something happens that the uh, the Buccaneers win this year with Brady, I'll watch the celebration. I don't have a problem. I'll watch the celebration if the Chiefs win it. I don't have a problem with that either. Um, I'm probably going to get tired of Patrick Mahomes pretty soon, so that might change if he wins four or five or six or seven. Now, the Baltimore Ravens, it took all I could to watch the Harbaugh Bowl. Watch those two wangs uh, coaching each other. Yeah, I, I, that one was tough, but I did watch that one. But I never watched them celebrate. I've never seen a highlight of them celebrating. I've never seen confetti raining down on them because I can't, will not, won't. So that's that's something that that I can't I can't watch the Ravens. I'm probably going to watch this year's game because I've said you know I haven't watched any with Brady, but I probably will. Partly because if there's one person I'm really kind of out there pulling for. It's actually Bruce Arians. Yeah, you know what? I I have no problem with that. Um, what's your thoughts on you know? And this is current, uh, you know, current Steelers when we're talking about everything going on with the Steelers right now. Um, you know, they're not in the Super Bowl. How, what are your thoughts though of Bell and Brown being in this game? If they end up playing, will there be any significance? Oh, hold on. Hey, Kyle, what was that meme? When you do nothing in the group project, oh, yeah. you still get an A. Yeah, Kyle was showing me a meme the other day. He says, hey, you know, get, get him Bell. in here. Get his head in here. Come on. Let, let's Come see here. Kyle. He, it, now, now, now I'm going to have to pay Kyle. Hashtag pay Kyle. Yeah, hashtag come in like pay crazy. Kyle. Come in. Here, hop in there and tell him what that meme you were showing me said. Let me see. Once you get the picture, get in there. Hey. Hey, Kyle. What's up, buddy? See, so, this is this is this is your different BTSC show. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I did see that when you, yeah, when when I you get an A plus, but you didn't do any of the work of the project. That's really funny. Yeah. Um, so a, that's it's basically great. what that's basically what it is is one of them it, are are one of them going to get a ring? Yes. Did they really have any contribution to that ring? No. Who would you rather get the win here? Who would you rather? Does it matter to you of whether two, it's Bell or Brown? I would rather it be Bell. Yeah, I, I think I'm the same way. And it's great to have your son on the show. We talk about Kyle all the time. Um, family, great. I want to mention my nephew, Noah Shue, who I took to his first ever game two years ago. I took him to see Patrick Mahomes. He's got gotten to see the Chiefs live. And it was Patrick Mahomes' second game when he had six touchdowns against the Steelers. Speaking of Antonio Brown, that's where Antonio Brown kind of flipped out in that game. After that game, um, Steelers were trying to come back, and he was uh, he was freaking, and he didn't show up for work the next day. Um, so it's great to um, share 
the Steelers with your family. So he's actually had a chance to see Mahomes play. And that's the game. I remember walking to the game. I'm like, you know, Steeler, this is a young quarterback. Steelers do well against young quarterbacks. We should knock his lights out. Yeah, six touchdowns shows how wrong I, I could actually be. So, <laughs> so Noah, love you, buddy. Good to see you. Um, Kyle, great to have you. I know the hashtags are going to be coming up, and now I'm going to have to find a way to pay Kyle. I'll not, uh, you know, I, I've offered to give him, you know, pay him some for what he's done, and he's like, no, he, he's determined. He says, no, he says, I want a T-shirt from Uncle Dave. That's what I told him. That's what <laughs> <laughs> well, he we'll wants a BPSC to... shirt from from his uncle, so we'll see. We will have to get Uncle um, Uncle Dave on that. Um, Snowman says something here, and yep. I am oh my gosh, did I miss this? You, it was late last night that this came out. Actually, oh. it was later in the evening. Um, Mrs. Rooney did pass yesterday. She was eighty eight. Um, art art the second put out a statement and um well so let me read this rest in peace mrs pat rooney who passed yesterday at the age of 88 prayers go out to the rooney family snowman gives us five dollars in the tip jar that's given me flashbacks to uh when dan rooney died and i've told this story before Have have i ever told you about what happened when when dan passed away i don't know that you have i was in england and i I was at the Royal Albert Hall watching, of all things, a Rick Astley concert in a private box. Very nice. And uh, you know, nice. I'm listening. And my wife was trying to. Uh, my wife found out the news first, and she was trying to keep the news from me. And of course, everybody associates me with the Steelers, just friends and family. And this is I was still I was on BTSC at the time, but we didn't have the Slack channel. We didn't have everything where we i didn't know the news first like we do now with btsc because you have guys like your brother jeff hartman michael beck the minute something comes out boom i mean we know we know it first um um right away so they were trying to keep the news away from me and then it it uh popped up on my screen and i found out and i was just absolutely devastated um dan rooney i i have met a lot of steelers I've never had the opportunity to meet Dan Rooney um, that he was the epitome of a grandpa to me. He was the guy that I just absolutely adored. And when I read his book and I read everything that he would say about Pat and my mom's name's Pat too. But um, when I would, everything that uh, about Pat Rooney, she was the matriarch of the Steelers mm-hmm. and she was, she's, was a wonderful woman and to hear these words that she has passed why gosh that's that's a gut punch too so uh rest in peace to uh the uh the matriarch of the Steelers uh, at 88 uh, Patricia Rooney a uh, good woman and um that's what you have when you have a family organization and gosh it, that that really hurt so that that really set me set me back for a second here Dave yeah. I mean uh, rich excuse me that's all right. You just like my mother can't keep the two of us straight. Oh yeah. So <laughs> I told you my, my nephew Noah's in the show. Um, and my, uh, my mom calls me Noah all the time and she apologizes. I don't care, mom. I mean, that's fine. I was my lived with my grandmother for a period of time. She lived with us. Um, she would call me Anthony all the time because her husband was Anthony. Her son was Anthony. So I got Anthony all the time. Hence 
I wouldn't be bad without the Anthony. There so, you go. So, uh, so I get that. So that's something that moms do. I, you know, I get it. You were talking about, and and I know that that Pat's Rooney's death will shake the folks in in Steeler Nation more than it would in maybe other organizations. Really, I think part of that is because of the people Dan Rooney and Pat Rooney were. They were, I mean, amazing. It, it, it wasn't just something they put on for the public as as owners, you know, uh, of a sports franchise. They were just they were just generally good people. Um, they used to. Dan used to come down to this area a lot, Deep Creek Lake. They had a, yeah. they, had, they had a, they have. A, I don't know if the family still has or not, but they had a vacation home down here. And actually, one of my really good friends in college was like, called me one night, was like, "You're never going to guess who was in the store today." I was like, "Who?" He said, "Dan Rooney was in the store," and he said, "I just started chatting him up." He says he was so nice. I'm like. Yeah, that sounds like Dan, yeah, that just sounds like Dan Rooney. He was so nice. So a stranger's like, oh hey, Dan Rooney, what how are things? And what are you doing here? And he said he just took the time and talked talked to him for a couple of minutes. And he said it was just a really great interaction. The Rooney's never believed that they were celebrities. They and they knew the obligation that they had to the city of Pittsburgh um to put out a team, but they always felt like the city of Pittsburgh that they couldn't be there without them. And that's the way they treated them. I, you know, the stories of art, you know, on the North side, just walk, uh, going to church and walking yep. to the game. Dan would do the same thing. Um, they would, he would, art would stop by houses along the way and, and talk to people. It was all about community. And we've kind of, we've, we've kind of lost that. Um, we've kind of lost that sense of community. And to go ahead and push this back to uh, the Super Bowls and the Steelers mm -hmm. in the Super Bowl, you look at how everybody was thrilled back in January of 1975 when the Steelers won their first Super Bowl. Those pictures of them celebrating Art in the locker room, giving him the tro trophy. He has the uh, uh, those players. They were thrilled that they won the Super Bowl because it was going to change their lives a lot of them in a major way winning that Super Bowl because 1975 is a lot different than it is in 2021, but they wanted to do it for him. And you go back to 2006, we're coming up on the, uh, on the anniversary of that, the 15th anniversary of that. And Bill Cowher standing there and, and his exact words, I bet you, you could tell, you could tell me the exact words that Bill Cowher said to Dan Rooney on the podium. He said, Mr. Rooney, not Dan, Mr. Rooney, this mm -hmm. is something I've been waiting to do a long time yeah. and handing him that trophy. And that's what these people meant. So that's really awesome to, to think about that. Yeah, it, it is. It just goes to show, you know, you hear a lot of the players and I think somebody put it up on, I think it was, you know, Thaddeus threw up on the, in the live chat about how Dan Rooney and Ike Taylor were real close. Um, it was always kind of amazing how close the Roonies would get with with some of their players. Um, you know, it really was. It really is kind of like a family. Um, 
Yeah, and you know what? Ike told us, told Dave and uh, myself the exact same thing back in July. Actually, it was in August when we talked to Ike Taylor on the BTSC uh, uh, podcast here. And he was saying, man, I was I was a pallbearer for Mr. Rudy yeah. with his grandsons. And when he started talking about him, he choked up because that's what that's the relationship they had. And mm -hmm. I remember um, I remember Dan going to uh, like reports of Dan going to Ike and say, hey, there's a certain uh, there's a certain um, racial slur that I don't want to hear players saying in the locker room that uh, I'd like you to go ahead and get rid of. And he went to Ike to get it done. And Ike said, yeah. no problem, Pops. Then and That's what he called him. Called him Pops. And mm -hmm. when he brought up, like I said, the man's tearing up when he's talking about, about uh, the owner. And they were like 45 years apart in age or something like that. So, you know, that's something that uh, it's special. And we don't realize what we have in this organization. If you value family, then you're going to value what we have. Are we getting right. away from that a little bit? Um, cause, uh, and I gotta say art two came out today. I mean, excuse me, came out the other day and he had a lot to say. And a lot of people are, uh, a lot of people are down on what art has to say. Um, basically because he's not his dad and he's not his grandfather, but I think art has the same art two has the same values that his family has, but is it just the, the way the NFL is changing that, uh, we have to get farther away from that family and not the Rooney family, but that family atmosphere and that it's becoming more of a, uh, more of a corporation. Is that something that you think could possibly happen? I don't know that it will ever, that will ever look like some of the other franchises in the NFL. I'm not sure that we'll ever get back to that same family feeling when, you know, arts art senior and, and Dan, um, and honestly, really, the majority of that, believe it or not, is Dan. Um, kind of the way they felt and did about the Steelers. I have no issues with with Art the Second. What when you were talking there, I was thinking, yeah, basically, he reminds me of a guy. I think he has the same values as his dad and his granddad, and the you know the way the Roonies are and the way they run the, their team and things like that. But I think he's packaged in a he's in a more modern package so he does take on to those things he's a little more willing to talk with the press and put some things out there than than his dad was you know um and i don't necessarily have a problem with that we're not as used to it and i think that's why we're getting some of the reaction we're getting from Steeler fans is because you almost never heard from dan rooney very seldom did you hear anything from Dan Rooney. We're hearing a little more. We're not used to it. We're like, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. What's the difference? Why has it changed? He is just up there saying, you know what? Other teams are out there and putting stuff out there. I, I got to at least do, you know, do a little bit. He's definitely nothing like, you know, I'll just pick the one that's easy. He's definitely not Jerry Jones. You know, looking for all that media attention but he is talking to the media and I don't have a real problem with it. It's his team. Do what he wants. So I want to bring up Jim Bork here. I'm from the Cape Cod, Massachusetts area in 2015. I met, 
Art Rooney II at training camp while talking with him. He invited me down to Nantucket when he's there, usually in July, for coffee. Now, that was very nice of him. Haven't taken him up on that offer. Kick myself nowadays. Yeah, you know, I've seen him outside of uh, Heinz Field um, walking around, and it wasn't – it looked like he was working. It looked like he was doing something. I don't know whether he was he was talking to a uh, – a vendor or, but he, he looked like he was on a mission and looking for something, but, um, but he was very cordial. People were saying things to him and he was really nice. I, I think he is, I think art's a good guy too, but I yeah. think that like you said, things are changing. And, but I, I think the fact that the Steelers haven't won and there's been certain things going on that people are down on them. I think if things get back together, that he is going to be beloved, just as much as uh, his dad and his grandfather as well. So that's something I really root for. I don't want this family feeling to go away, and I don't. I really don't think that it will. So yeah. what we're going to do, um, Big Bro, is we are going to take a break, and then we are going to come back, and we're going to dive into Steelers Super Bowls of the past, and we're going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to start off with Super Bowl Nine and what you remember from that and Tales from 2 a.m. So stick around. If you are checking us out on our family of podcasts on the audio side, just flip on over to Tales from 2 a.m. number two, and we will talk to you just like that. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. <laughs> 